Welcome to Humble Beginnings on the Poor Decisions Network. I'm Nate Borges. Please enjoy our latest episode. Hello, you're listening to Poor Decisions Network. I'm Nate Borges, your GM, for our brand new show. We're running our interpretation of Paizo Publishing's Iron Fang Invasion using the Pathfinder 1st Edition rule set. We have five players, most with Dungeons & Dragons 5e experience, and one who has never played tabletop RPGs, but all of them shiny noobs to Pathfinder that I have tricked, threatened, or coerced into trying a new system while being recorded. I'd also like to take a minute and just recognize friend of the network and my best friend, Doug, for that intro that he came up with. That was him playing a number of different instruments, including a tambourine, concert bass drums, snare drums, concert toms, field drums, a timbali, bongos, taikos, a timpani, and three others I'm not even going to try to pronounce. But that was awesome from him, and thank you very much, Doug. So for the first time, I would like to welcome you all to listen to our new show, Humble Beginnings. And as per usual, we're going to go around the table and introduce everyone. First off, I'm your host, Game Master, Nate Borges, and tonight I'm having Alexander, the Czech-style Pilsner from Schilling Beer Company up in New Hampshire. I've been having a few of these recently, if you listen to our other shows, and I love it. Dan? Hi, I'm Danny Cam. I'll be playing... Desmond Silver, the human arcanist, and for tonight I will be enjoying 1911 Cider Donut Bourbon. I've had it a couple times and it is uh, quite potent, but very nice. Hello, uh, I'm DJ Lombardo. I will be playing the fictional character uh, Reggie Frostwalker, a human slayer, and tonight I'm just drinking water. Just being healthy. Hi, I'm Annie Glasgow. I'm playing Arden Nepida, a wyvern druid, and her trusty companion Phantasma, the baby displacer beast, or displacer kitten as I call him. And I am drinking my normal Mountain Dew Code Red because that's pretty much what I subside on. Hi, I'm Kelly, and I'm going to be playing Timber, the gnome bard, and... For right now, tonight, I'm just drinking water because I did not think to grab a drink before I sat down. Hi, my name's Ed Martin. I'll be playing Ichabod, the half-orc inquisitor. And tonight I'm drinking uh, Ink from Tox Brewing Company. And I, uh, I'm a little upset about it because I actually heard someone else drinking this on a different podcast. I don't know whatever you mean, Ed. I'm so mad. Okay. Well, thank you to our players for giving a short introduction. We're going to get into little character introductions in a moment. I'm going to give you a little background information here just so everyone is aware. We begin in the town of Fendar, nestled along the southern bank of the Meredith River. Across the river to the northwest is Fangwood Forest, to the south, the Deep Cut River. The only major trade route into town is the Fendar Bridge which is the only way to cross the very swift 
Meredith River for 50 miles in either direction. This small town of 400 residents is basically a frontier land. Much of the area around in the nation of Nermathos is wild country, especially the forest, which is still uncharted. The Nesmian Plains to the west and north are a very fertile, vast area with resources from the mountains to the west, through the plains and rivers to the uh, north, and the forest to the east. This land has been settled, lost, settled, and lost time again. The capital of Tamarin, far to the east on the other side of the forest, rarely enforces the laws, collects taxes, or imposes their will. Far from lawless, though, each settlement in the area polices their own. The area has been sought after resource-wise by the nation of Molthun to the southeast. Constant civil wars erupted between Molthun and Nermathas. Fendar is not a heavily structured city. They get by just fine. What was once a former small fortress built by the Chelish and then later abandoned, it has turned into a small town. Packed with farmers, traveling merchants, hunters, trappers, and passers-by. People that live there are a hardy people and look after one another. If a farmer has a good harvest or a bumper crop, they're more likely to give it away to the less fortunate than keep it for themselves. People here live and die by their own fortunes, or by the generosity by the people around them. This small town rarely sees any excitement besides the familiar travelers and merchants that pass through the area. The only exception to this is the market festival, a day of fun and revelry residents look forward to. This two-day festival is a major source of news, entertainment, and revenue for the town. And the festival is held once every three months to celebrate harvest, sell local goods, stock up for the seasons, and it gathers all the farmers, herders, woodcutters, merchants, craftsmen, and anyone nearby the Fangwood, Hollow Hills, and even from Tamron. The festival usually swells the population to twice the normal size. The influx of people and resources into the town sustain them for the coming months. It is currently the first day of the festival. Parties, games, merchants flood the streets of this small town. You find yourselves walking around the festival. People are laughing, talking, buying and selling goods. Some minor arguments are up, but usually settled over a friendly pint. Through friendly contacts of your own, or word of mouth, you all have been invited to the festivities tonight, after sunset, at the Village Shrine. And as we go now to the Village Shrine, I would like each of you, in the same order we went through, to describe your characters. What are we looking at? Desmond Silver is a 18-year-old boy who has the eyes of a 40-year-old. He's uh, been through a lot in his life. Upon first glance, he doesn't look like much. He's got a nice little emo uh, haircut parted to one side, little flares on the sides. And um, though he has a little bit of a build, you can tell that he's not exactly muscular. He's dressed in all black, trying to blend in with the um, townsfolk, blacks and browns, and trying to keep a low profile while keeping an eye on everyone around him. Reggie... Is an average-looking guy, six foot tall, ash gray hair, green eyes. He's wearing a chain shirt with common hunting gear, and is carrying his dagger and his short sword. Arden is a wyvern, and she is pretty intimidating. She's approximately six foot eight, towers over most humans, but she sticks out in the crowd anyway because she is a green, very dragon-looking creature. Um, 
her eyes are two different colors. One is blue and one is very, very bright green, which is also a bit of an abnormality. Her companion is Phantasma, the, the baby displacer beast, and he is both the runt and uh, different because he is missing one of his displacer tentacles. So he sticks out in a crowd as well, though he is much smaller than an average displacer beast. Timber is a gnome bard. She's about just over three feet tall. She's in her early adulthood. Uh, she has wild, wavy, bright pink hair and uh, aqua-colored eyes. And she's currently wearing uh, layers of clothing and armor uh, that she's kind of thrown together on her travels. Ichabod's a, uh, a just shy of seven foot half-orc. He's got greenish-gray skin, something more akin to the colors of... Um, say like a pine grove if you were to take every color from a pine tree the the needles the bark and then mash it together with some dirt and stone dust and ash that's kind of the the color or the complexion of his skin it's kind of dull always dirty looking it doesn't help when he's in a crowd um to add to this he's got a pretty wide broad jaw he's got large tusks but because he's a half orc he can kind of conceal them uh he just kind of looks a little bit more like a deformed human when he does that, but um, well, obviously greenish skin. Uh, his large jaw is offset by this long sloped uh, brow, thick black hair, uh, black hair on top, tied back, just kind of utilitarian, not anything fancy or braided, uh, just to get out of his face. And um, red beady eyes more akin to an orc than, than a human. His, his body and face, they're covered in small little, you're not sure if they're tattoos or, or scars, just from first sight, but it looks like they're all kind of all over the place. Not, not in any discernible patterns, but they're there. Dozens, if not more. If you think of an actor or someone you'd be more familiar with, think of like a, an aged Mickey Rourke, Danny Trejo mashup. It's... I don't want to be disrespectful, but I, I can't explain how unattractive this gentleman is. He's he's had a hard life, and he wears it on his face, and you can tell. Uh, however, holding himself in a crowd, he seems kind of relaxed. He doesn't want to make a big commotion or draw much attention. His um, He's got a long brown coat. It's a hide coat. Um, several different hides patched together. Not very fancy. Again, it's more useful than it is attractive but it doesn't draw a lot of attention. It's not really flashy. It's just kind of tanned or brownish. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone. Now, just to get back into it, Fendar's Market Festival definitely draws a crowd from all over, mainly solely to hear Aubryn the Green, the Chernosado Ranger turned Cadenite Cleric, recount body tales of adventure of her youth, those of you that don't know, the Chernosado Rangers are an elite group of scouts, snipers, hunters, and trappers that work as an elite team to help defend Southern Fangwood and the surrounding areas from Molthoon. Caden Callan, who she's a Callanite, or a Cadenite, I should say, the Lucky, or Drunken God, 
was a man who ascended to godhood through means that no one is exactly sure of, but he fought for freedom, adventure, and the love of a good drink and revelry. Outside the shrine, you can hear the celebration continuing as raucous shouts can be heard through the night's air. Warmed by the firelight after a long day, any levity you find is in the hearth of this inn on this riverside trade town. You can see a dark-skinned woman with long hair, strong and fierce, wearing a long green fur-lined coat. She stands here with a smile on her face, holding her tankard, swinging it back and forth as she calls one of her tales this, this evening. And she says, So here I am, thinking, when will I ever be able to talk to a bear again? So before the grizzly can stand back up, I turn to it and say, Hey, all you need is the honey. You can keep the bees. And the entire room erupts in laughter as Auburn finishes her winding story and takes another drink from her tankard and spills half of it over herself. But it's fine. It's, it, it's all good. She even named a cub after me. Someday I'll have to go back and check in on the little... Oh god, what's his name? That's too many bees! And the room erupts in laughter once again as the crowd cheers her on. You watch as someone refills her cup and they all ask for another story. Not one to shy away from a crowd. In her favor, especially. Auburn puts her hands up to quiet the crowd and tells him, Okay, okay, I got one more for you. You've all heard now that I was born missing my left foot, and I never let it slow me down. Becoming a ranger, defending this country, I vowed to rise up. Never did I lose my nerve. Or my resolve. Even after fever took my mother, and those onkegs blinded me. It was by the will of Caden who partially restored my vision. Now, may Caden strike me down if this next story isn't true. And just then, the door explodes into splinters. A cry of agony pierces the chaos. Auburn now lies on the floor, grasping and choking, clutching at the blood gushing from a wound in her chest. A ballista bolt still quivers in the wall behind her opposite the door. Two hobgoblins in military dress stand beyond the shattered door, blades drawn. Behind them, out the door, you can see the glow of what seems to be burning homes. Dozens, perhaps. Hundreds of goblin soldiers running through the, street, the streets. Shrieks of terror and sounds of battle can be heard. Fendar burns. The shouts of celebrations are now replaced with panic and fright. Behind them, in the distance, above all the flames and rooftops, rises a tower of black stone. Roll for initiative. Okay, give me one second to set it up here. Ichabod, what'd we get? Three. Ooh, Arden. I didn't hear you. Arden? I think you gotta hit the button. Unnatural 20 for unnatural. Arden. And an unnatural 21 for Phantasma. Okay, actually, uh, Phantasma's just gonna move on your turn. So, Timber. Uh, I rolled an eight. Do we add anything to that? Yes, uh, so you roll and you add your initiative bonus, which for most of you is probably just your dexterity modifier. So dex is plus two, so ten. Okay, ten. Perfect. Desmond. Uh, Thirteen. Hey, I got that in there for you. Reggie. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. So now if you will all join me on roll 20... You see this going on, as I said, the door bursts open and you see these two hobgoblins. First is Auburn the Green, but uh, she is currently on the ground bleeding. Ichabod, you're up. 
I don't see anything on the map yet. No. There we go. Now do you see them? That'll do it. That's my. That better. was my fault. Gonna put like, a little butt in there already. and edit this out. Okay, very good. So... What are we doing, Ichabod? Can I determine if they were the ones who shot her for sure? Oh, yeah. Well, the, it's not a ballista, but they burst through the door after the door was broken. But a ballista is a very large arrow. Think of, like, a massively oversized crossbow. Okay. So... It's a siege it, weapon. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Okay, so it wasn't them who shot it, but they're coming in afterwards, causing the mayhem. So I'm going to uh, approach them. Are you going to do anything? You're just going to move up to them? Yeah, just to kind of stand in there, their way a little bit. Okay, go ahead and move your character. So it's actually uh, the guy on the right's turn, the second one. I don't know if you see their nameplates, but he's affectionately called Hobgoblin 2. Uh, he's going to roll an Intimidate check. So what I need is to actually roll this. Uh, come on, button. There we go. Okay, so that is 10 plus your hit die plus your wisdom modifier. What's your wisdom modifier, Ed? Uh, plus 2. That would be a 13. Uh, so I definitely crush that because I got a 17. So mm -hmm. you are shaken. So what that means is on your screen, you have to go down to uh, conditions and find the shaken and check that. Okay. Arden, you're up. He kind of looks at you Ed, and just says, sit down. Okay, so I'm, like, right on top of these guys, though, right? Yes, you are directly in front of them by the door to the south of the building for everyone that can't see the map at home. All right, I'm going to try and stab the the one that's right in front of me with my dagger. The one that just intimidated. Okay. Does a 15 hit? A 15 will not hit. Okay, so what do I do with Phantasma? Uh, so, as you go to swipe, he just kind of glances the dagger off his armor, and it's Phantasma's turn. Unless you wanted to move with Arden. Phantasma's gonna try and bite him, since I uh, missed. Okay, go for the bite. That's a 17. 17 will hit. Roll for damage. 1d4 plus 1. That is a three plus one is four. Four points of damage. Okay, cool. While I figure out how to do that on here, Timber, it's your turn. Okay, since I already know that there's not a whole lot that Timber can do, I'm going to reach over to... Uh, I'm going to look over at uh, Reggie sitting here next to me, and I'm going to say... You know, I think that you'd be, like, great at kicking their asses and uh, use my bardic performance to, uh, I can, is it? It's actually everybody within, I believe, 30 feet, so everybody. Oh, okay, I thought it, 
Oh, okay. I thought it was just no, one everybody. person. No, everybody so. that can hear you. So okay. everybody, again, on the uh, adjustments tab, I believe. In... I think that was Inspire Cutted. Yeah, under right? Granted Adjustments. Oh, it, yeah, it's under Granted Adjustments. Yep. That's pretty much all I can do because I'm more or less three feet tall with a letter opener you practically. You can move if you'd like. I think I'm I'm set right here. Are we not too close to the, to the big bad guys that aren't going to be hurt very much by my okay. weapons? Reggie, it's your turn. I will move up. I'm thinking I can move that distance. Yeah, you should. That's one, two, three. Right there. That works for me. I'll move behind the. Soldier number number one, and I will use my sword, uh, my right hand short short sword attack with sneak attack. Okay. Uh, nine damage. What did you roll to hit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does help, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, 14 plus... One, so 15. 15's gonna be a miss. Ah, cool. Okay, so as you move... Uh, did you give yourself plus two for flanking? I did not. You are flanking, so that's a 17. 17 will hit. That makes more sense. It does. And what was that, nine points of damage? Yes, nine points of damage. And that's because of your sneak attack? Yes. Okay, so as you come behind it, out the door to the shrine, you notice that the town is on fire now that you kind of moved outside. As I mentioned before, you can definitely see what's going on. People are running through the streets. There's hobgoblins running everywhere, chasing people down. But you got behind this guy and stabbed him in the back. Desmond, you're up. I got my second attack, Nate. Oh, that's right. You have two <laughs> I don't hit. I got a three. <laughs> Desmond, you're up. All right, so I'm a little new to the uh, casting defensively. That means I have to get into melee range, correct? No, you only have to cast defensively if you are in melee range. Okay. All right, so what I want to do is I want to pull out a stick of butter, and I'm going to cast Grease with using my Arcane Reservoir. Um... I'm going to throw it in a 10-foot square right here. So it should hit the first two in the door and whoever's about to walk in the door or whoever's walking out the door. Okay, so let me double-check the rules on Greece. I believe you all have to make a save for moving, not just standing there. Uh, actually, oh, no, when the spell is cast. Okay, so I need the two goblins and Reggie to make a reflex save. Let's see. Goblin number one, the one that is being flanked. Oh, that's a fail with an eight. And 13 for goblin two. 24. Okay, 
So, because the DC is a 10 acrobatic... Um, uh, I'm sorry. Well, what's the what's your spell DC for the initial there? Uh, I only see... I only see DC acrobatics to check a 10. No, that's if you move around. And I see cast defensively. Where do I see the... I'm very sorry. This is something new. But because my spell focus is in Conjuration, and because I used a point of Arcane Reservoir, it will give me a plus three to On the, the DC. DC. Yep. Whatever the it chances is. chances are they failed that. I'm just trying to double check. Uh, it would be 10 plus the spell level, which is one, so 11 plus your governing modifier, which is three, so that's 14 plus three is 17. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just doing the math twice in my head because, you know... This is super failure right means now. I'm sorry for interrupting. Failure means it cannot move for that round, and if it's a failure by five or more, it falls. Okay, so Goblin One has fallen. He is now prone. I'm gonna put a little symbol on him to hopefully show that. I have no idea what symbol I'm gonna use for that. Let's go with Sleepy. Yeah, that looks good. Nope, not that. Not the X. Okay. Are you going to move there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, where are you going to move? Because for some reason something's going on. i got to fix all your tokens. Yeah, it won't let me move. Um, where do you want to move to? Just ping on the map and I'll move your character. I would move somewhere behind, uh, like, by Auburn. But I want to be away from, so I would kind of loop around to the, the back wall to the left. Yeah, something like that. Sounds good. So it is actually that Hobgoblin who fell his turn. So I just got to give him the prone condition. Because he fell down and went boom. Okay. While he's on the ground there, he's going to try to make a slash at Reggie. Uh, no, that's, nope, not even, wow, that's a three. That's definitely not going to hit. Does not hit, Nate. Okay. Round two. Auburn the Green is currently bleeding out on the ground. Uh, she's losing a lot of blood. Ichabod, it's your turn. Okay, so I'm looking around... <clears throat> and so that this weird guy I just saw on the bar shanked this hobgoblin from behind, right? Yes. I'm not not too sure about. Uh, the, the hobgoblins hell's... look very vicious and mean, <clears throat> and are brandishing weapons. Okay, so it's not like just some random guy got shanked. But there's also a lady who seems like the hero of the town in the back, and she just got harpooned through the friggin' chest. Yeah. Uh, how is she doing? Is she? Can I? Can I check to see how? What she looks like? Do you like? have it, the heal skill? I have uh, stabilize and cure light wounds. No, the actual skill. It's under your skills tab. Oh, skills, skills, gotcha. Heal. I do. Roll it for me. Okay. And nine total. Nine. Okay. So you're not exactly sure. You're not a medic, but uh, there is a 
giant harpoon sticking out of her chest, as you said. She is currently, in mechanical terms of the game, she is unconscious and dying. She is bleeding out every turn, and she will be dead soon unless something is done about it. Okay. So in Now, as case... Ed is new to playing, I'm going to point out, do you tell your party about this? I don't know these people. You're right, but unless you're going to do something about it, you probably should mention she's going to die if, unless somebody does something. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm... I'm... I have a feeling like everyone in this bar is kind of an idiot, so uh, just my my quick take is, you know, kind of this giant douchebag, but um, I'm, I'm going to go back and, and stabilize her. Okay, before you move, because you're moving out of threatened areas, the... Is that an attack of opportunity or whatever? It is. You encourage one as you try to move. Uh, the guy on the ground is not going to take one, but the guy standing up will. So he's going to take a whack. It's a 17. My AC is 15. Okay, so that does hit. So that is going to do some damage. We get to do ah only five points of damage as you walk away. As he slashes you in the back. Okay, now that you moved over there, what are you going to do? Um... I'm going to cast Stabilize. Okay, casting Stabilize. She is no longer bleeding out, but she still has grievous wounds and is injured. That's fine, as long as she's not actively dying, I suppose. She is not. Okay, so it is Hobgoblin number two's turn. He's going to try to take a stab at Arden. Oh, that's a 15 to Arden. My AC is 16, so that doesn't hit. That's a miss. So as he swipes, you kind of dodge out of the way quickly. And Arden, it's your turn. This guy just took a swipe at you. Okay, so the grease that Desmond threw, is it flammable? It is. The way the spell works is kind of funny, though. Like, it is flammable. So could I possibly cast spark on it and set these guys on fire? Uh, you could. I'm in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're still muted, but that's hilarious. I'm kind of hoping that I can miss Reggie with this and just hit the two goblins and pray he's not quite close enough. It lights the whole thing on fire. <laughs> Well, there'll be a reflex save to get out of the fire. The guy on the ground is probably going to be at a minus to that, so he's he's probably not going to like this fire. Though, in my defense, I've never played Pathfinder before, so I'm not 100% sure on how to cast this, but... Well, so, luckily, casting a spell while in melee, you would provoke an attack of opportunity. But, the guy that is... The second one right in front of you already used his attack of opportunity to try to whack Ed in the back as he ran away. Right, gotcha. And the guy on the ground, I'm pretty sure being prone, he doesn't get one, but I'm not going to take it even if he does because he's at such a minus, it's not worth it. Got it. Okay, so let's try and set these two hobgoblins on fire. So what are you casting? Spark. Is that just a cantrip for you? 
Yes. Okay, so it sets a flame. All of them, including Reggie, need to make a reflex save. Good luck, Reggie. So, Reggie, did you design a new character yet, or...? No, because I made a uh, 23. Yes! 23, okay. So, even with a 23, I'm going to say you take half damage, because this is grease. It caught fire, and it just went up quickly. So, uh, Spark doesn't really have damage to it. Grease doesn't have any damage to it. But I'm going to say roll a d6 for damage. Me? Yes. That is a five, sir. Okay. So five points of damage. So uh, Reggie is going to take half damage. The guy on the ground is going to take full damage because he done fell over. So five points of damage to him, and the other hobgoblin is going to take half damage because he made his save. Okay. Phantasma's turn. Remember, there's fire there now. Right. Flipping back and forth to be able to unmute myself is a pain. Reggie is glaring at the person who lit him on fire. Fire bad. Fire annoying. You are currently not on fire, but you're standing by fire. Yeah, it's not like a kumbaya fire pit. It's... <laughs> okay, Phantasma's no, it's the gonna doorway like, to this church is on fire. She's gonna like it's turn around fire. and go around the other side of Arden and just kind of like hang out over there because she do- or he does not like fire. Like above or right next to? Like right where you just put him. Okay, fantastic. So that's fantastic. Right, I'm turn. going to Timber. You're uh, up. Have seen uh, Ichabod trying to revive Auburn, and I'm gonna go over there and see if I can help at all. Okay, so I moved you over there. What are you gonna do? Um, I do have cure light wounds, although it does look like her wounds might be a little more serious than light wounds, but that's that's all I have. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and try and do something with that. Yeah, you can cast Cure Light Wounds. What do I have to do to do that? Uh, so you just cast it because you're not near anybody. You don't have to do anything. So okay. with that, uh, it is 1d8 plus your caster level, which is 1. I rolled a 4. So five points of healing. Okay. So I just got to double check something because I can't remember what I set her health at because my notes seem to be missing. And that's a great thing. Okay. Cool. Yep. So she's no longer bleeding now because of the stabilize and the five points of healing. She is actually uh, back up and she kind of starts coughing and, you know, (coughs) and she kind of looks up at the both of you and thank you. Reggie, it's your turn. Am I still getting... Am I going to get take damage if I stay in this fire? If you end your turn there, yes. Okay, cool. That's what I wanted to learn. Um, I'm going to move over one space for now. And hit, hit the second soldier. I can't. Uh, you can't. I? You cannot, because the 
wall is in the way. I hate this wall. Unless you have a feat that allows you to stab through walls, I'm going to say you can't do it. Damn it. Yeah, I just moved it over and saw that. Cool. I guess I'll just hit the one that's prone. You get a plus four to attack. Yes, and I, uh, uh, 18 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. Do I have advantage on this? No, that's what the plus four is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how sneak attack works in this game. Jesus. Anyway, Jesus. Oh, would you have that on this? Yes. Well, uh, no, because you're not flanking him. Wait. Um, I gotta open up this character. I can't remember. I think with prone, he is denied his dexterity, so you would. thought so. I just gotta double check prone, because I believe so, but everything is everything in this. No, it doesn't say that you lose your dexterity, so you don't. I know, okay. Nope. Well, it's just, it's easier to hit you because you're laying down. Eight damage. Eight damage. And do you want to describe how you kill him? Um, just sim- simply just stab it through the head. Easiest way to kill something. Other you're going to come sleeves. down and stab right down. Yep. Okay. And I guess I'll use my... Can I? I want to move up and use my second attack to. Actually, I know I can't move, so go ahead. I will end it. Well, you can you can do a five foot step. Same okay. Here? Yeah, I can rotate that. No, that's ten feet. I can hit the soldier, but I can't. Yeah. You were there. You can't move ten feet. You can move five feet. Damn. Well, actually, you can move. Yeah, all you want. I can yeah, move. But you're moving through the fire again. you got to make another reflex save. I'll just move back. Out of the fire. Okay. I'll let my turn out of that. Desmond, you're up. Can anybody speak goblin here? You would have to ask that out loud in character. Is that what you're doing? Oh, no. I'm going to shout in goblin, and I'm just so that they don't understand what I'm saying. Um... I'm going to whisper it to you in roll 20. No, not in roll 20. Not in roll 20. Yeah, it makes a noise every time it comes through. Put it in oh. the chat here. Well, then everybody can read it. <laughs> oh, well then. Fuck. <laughs> I was trying to get really in character. Uh, yeah, right. go ahead and put it in there. We'll hear the fun little beep. For what it's worth, my character does speak goblin. So. Ooh. So, you will know... There it is. That's the message. Okay, cool. And I shout this at the goblins. Uh, Kelly will... I was burped. Anyways, um, so the I see the Iron uh, Fang Hobgoblin uh, get stabbed in the head by Reggie, by some man. Uh, so I know that one is dead. I can, I can see that, right? Yeah, there's a good chance that the sword sticking through his head, he's not doing much anymore. Okay, so I'm gonna get bold. I don't know what your perception check is, but I'm gonna give that one to you. Okay, Uh, I believe I have enough movement to get back up front and hit the Iron Fang soldier. I'm actually gonna run up and smack him with my staff that I pull out of my uh, backpack. Okay, you have 30 feet of movement. Yep, Uh, 16 to hit. Um, 
That guy, oh, that is going to be a miss. Wow, 17 AC, huh? Okay. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure on the guy that's still alive. Oh, no, 16 hits. I'm sorry. 16 does hit? Yes. Okay. Uh, five points of bludgeoning damage. Five points of blood. So he comes around, just whips him like a baseball bat right to his head. Okay, you crack him in the skull. Okay. It is the guy on the ground that got stabbed in the head. He's going to try to make a stabilized check. Nope, he's bleeding more. Cool. Uh, next round. Okay. Auburn is now awake, and she looks at the two of you, and she's just like, Thank you for helping me. And she's like tries to get up, but she stumbles a little bit. Ichabod, it's your turn. So I look at her, and I look at Timber, and I say, hey, "You guys got this figured out." That's a question. You can free action respond. Um, have have what figured out exactly? <laughs> She all right? Uh, she's sitting up. All right, I got a couple. <coughs> I'll be fine. Go. All right, lady. I'd like to move over just a space, and I don't think I um to the left or to the right. Ooh, you went silent. There you go. Towards the redhead. Okay. And then, um, I don't think I can load a crossbow and shoot it in the same turn. So I'd like to just get, get that ready. Yeah, you can, you can pull it out, but you cannot load it. Loading it is a move action. Yeah. I'd like to, uh, take that out then. Okay. Sounds good. That is gonna be your turn. Okay, it's actually that... Hobgoblin's turn. He is going to make a reflex save for standing in fire. Uh, that's a fail. Uh, do me a favor and roll another d6 for fire damage for me. That is a five again. Five. Good for you. Okay. One, two, three, four, and five. Okay. He's going to take a swipe at you for setting him on fire. Wow, nope, that's a three. He misses. Cool, this is a great turn by these top goblins. It is now your turn, Arden. All right, so while I'm standing in front of him and he's still on fire, um, if I move out of, like, direct range of him, that he's going to get the opportunity, right? If you just take a five foot back, you do not. Well, I'm going to do that. So I'm, like, back by Phantasma now. Right. Can I use my sling even though I moved already? Uh, you can use your action to pull out your sling. And I can't try and do the thorn javelin because I already moved, right? Well, that's a spell, isn't it, you have? Correct. Uh, does the spell allow you to do that in the same... You could cast it, but you can't throw it yet. Yeah, you know what, screw it. I, I'm gonna go ahead and do level that. Level one spell. Yeah. Cast it and throw it. Okay. Let's play the rule of fun. So I'm gonna roll to hit. 
You roll a ranged attack with that. That is a nine. Nine? No, 19. Oh, 19 will hit, yeah. Did you roll a natural 20? Because it's a minus one for your javelin. So it's an 18. I was trying to get back to where my stuff was at. okay. Yeah, 18 will still hit. Roll some damage. Okay, so 1d6 plus 2. 4 plus 2 is 6. 6 points of damage. Do you want to describe your kill? Um, I throw this thorn javelin straight through that guy's forehead. Okay, so as you throw this and impale him against the wall behind you, the rest of you now kind of look around and what was a day of the market festival is now just turned into two hobgoblins running in and attacking the town here. Uh, what do you do? I mean, I think I kind of look around because I, I did just set Reggie on fire and I ask him if he's okay. I should be fine, but who are you? Honestly, I wasn't trying to set you on fire. I was trying to set them on fire and you kind of got caught in the in the crossfire there. I'm Arden. Okay, hi, I'm Reggie. Nice to meet you. Again, what, I apologize what are you, what are for doing the, about this situation? the fire. There's a bunch of other hobgoblins out here. I feel like we should be leaving the town or evacuating, grabbing everyone in here and going. I can Desmond, go. clearly annoyed. Can somebody put out this goddamn fire first before you guys start exchanging pleasantries? I start taking off my jacket and whipping the fire out. Well, your grease spell burns for one minute per level. Uh, it was just level one, so one minute. So hopefully that goes out here momentarily. It should. And Timber notices that Auburn kind of sits up and coughs. She goes, thank you all. I I don't know what's going on here, but it sounds like the whole army outside. How did they fall on us so quickly without being seen? (coughs) These plains surrounding the city are so damn flat you can see an elk two days out, let alone a damn army. She kind of winces and presses her hands against the bloody hole in her chest. They you sound didn't see like a fucking harpoon. I was facing the other way, asshole. <laughs> they sound like a large force, too large to fight on the ground like honest fools. We need to gather what we can and cross the bridge to the north and hide out in the Fangwood. I know a few secrets of that wood that may, may yet keep us safe. We should probably figure out a way to take out that bridge while we're at it. Else we'll just match themselves and fight them army against army, and we won't have a chance. Um, being, uh, a little bit aware of what's going on, do I, do I know anything about this history or, uh, this type of area? Or yeah, uh, as trouble? kind of explained, roll a knowledge local if you have it. Uh, I have a knowledge history. I don't know if I have local. Yeah, history would work too. Okay. 22. Okay, so you know that the Iron Fang Legion was previously an army subcontracted by Molthoon. Molthoon and Nermathost have been at war for a long time, but a falling out between the Iron Fangs and Molthoon, the Iron Fang Legion has not been seen in some time. This is the first anybody's seen them in years. 
Without directing this to anybody in particular, I actually start spouting this information to everybody as I'm uh, trying to continue to cut out the fire. And Auburn kind of continues and she goes, From where we are, we can head north. We need to look for survivors and gather supplies on our way out. We should check Oral's shop, the trading company, and the inn before heading out. Anybody that survived would probably be in one of those places. You're all right to move. And she, at this point, she's kind of gotten up to a sitting position. She's like, I'll be fine in a few moments. Please. What are we doing? Let's get going. Who's joining me? Desmond will crouch all down right. and pat the, pat the guy's pockets and stuff. Does he find any money or materials? You're checking the bodies for loot? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I don't know if anyone has a notepad up they want to write this down. I do. Okay. You find, between the two of them, you find a masterwork backpack stuffed with a heavy crossbow and 20 bolts and 10 masterwork bolts. Eight clearly labeled potions of guidance, a wand, three scrolls, two studded leather armors, two long swords, two light steel shields, a longbow with 20 arrows, and some various sundries of food. All you need to write down is it's worth five provision points. You'll understand what that means in due time. Okay. Um, I'll pocket... Knowing knowing what they are, and because I have a good appraisal thing, I, mean, I can roll for appraisal if you want. I definitely am going to snag the wand and the scrolls. Do you want to roll to find out what they are? Not yet, because I know I'm just trying to quickly move and get this stuff. I know that my character will have time later. Okay. Uh, you also know, per your knowledge history check, that the emblems they wear on them are the Iron Fang Legion. And this mercenary army was also responsible for the Ramgate Massacre about two years ago. And that's the last anybody's heard of them. Um, I look around and I think I would toss the long swords to I would toss them the items to people who would benefit the most okay sure are you guys doing anything else in the shrine here Timber this whole time has just been sitting there really wide eyed like oh my god oh my god oh my god there's actual things happening around me oh my god uh, Ichabod looks at Timber and says Come on, truck stack. We got stuff to do. Very disrespectfully, very condescending, but he sees that she's shaken up. Uh, Tim is just gonna get up and follow because she has no idea what else to do because she was not expecting to come to the market and have a war break out around her. Does anyone else have survival skills? other than me, to help me out in the front. Yeah, I do. Oh, DJ, you got a text. Desmond kind of looks... Phone. Desmond kind of looks at him and just keeps quiet, but I think there's an understanding he can probably hold his own. Should we, uh, I think we should search the room before we leave, though. Uh, Nate, can I roll a perception check or something to search the room? 
Yeah, you want to move into the shrine and take a yeah. look around? Okay. Roll me a perception. Anybody else looking around? Yeah. Do you want to look separately or do you want to aid him? I'd like to aid him. Okay, so... Ed, you roll a perception check with all your modifiers. All you got to beat is a 10. If you do that, then DJ, you add 2 to your... See what you get. Yeah, but it's going to be insane if you do. Uh, while they are doing that then, I see that they're... Desmond feels that they're wasting time. He's going to pull out the wand and look at the scrolls. Okay, roll me a spellcraft for the wand. Ed, what Sorry, you get? the spacebar got me again, 7. Seven. 7, so you didn't get it. So what is your perception... Reggie. 24. 24, okay. Uh, what's the spellcraft? Uh, I accidentally didn't click on the roll and dice thing. I clicked on the actual spellcraft. Oh, okay. Uh, 18. 18. You know this as a wand of magic missile with 12 charges. That's insane. And does it recharge, or do I know this is just a one and done? No, you have 12 charges left, and that's it. You can recharge them by casting the spell into it, but it's a whole thing. Gotcha. Like, it's not just you cast a spell into it. You have to have the crafting feat and all these other things. And, and how about the scrolls? Okay, roll me three separate checks for that. All spellcraft, correct? Yes. 12. Okay, so you fail the first one. 12. Fail. You hear him vi- verbally get upset, like, fuck. 15. Fail. God fucking damn it! And he puts the scrolls back in his pocket. Okay. Reggie finds around the room. Everyone ready to write this down? Another wand. A silver cup. A hand-sized dark wood carving of a butterfly. Three bottles of old law whiskey. A hundred gold worth of gold dust. Twenty-seven small semi-precious stones. 76 gold, a round ivory amulet engraved with Arastil's bow and arrow on a leather string. You also find 150 gold worth of silver dust, a necklace, and another wand. Can Timber roll me a knowledge local check after you throw your cat? Sure. Yeah, she was in my way. <laughs> um, I can do that on the... Thing here instead and get my bonuses. I'll do that instead. Oh, I pushed the button. There we go. 18. 18. Okay, so you know, you spent a little bit time in this town, that this particular ivory amulet belongs to a local hunter named LaRosa. She keeps it in the shrine because this is a shrine to a rastal, so it also... Sh- she thinks recharges the amulet and gives her the blessings of a rastil. Okay, um, I would probably share that information with everybody. So. so now, among the people in the room, you have the assistant to the shrine, Rhina. Well, you have, sorry, six NPCs with you. Only two of them look like they're really capable of fighting, and honestly, they're not f- capable of fighting off hobgoblins. Did you want to do anything with the stuff you found? I'll keep it to myself for now. And then divvy out when we get to a safer area out of harm's way. Okay, so what are you guys doing now? Do you guys want to start forming a a group and have 
people who can fight in the front and the people who support in the back and have the civilians in the middle. Yeah, is is the fire by the door out? Uh, it is now, by now, but my roll 20 is not working. Is the uh, heavy crossbow the same one as mine? Like, yeah, it's a regular heavy crossbow. Okay. I asked the group, does anybody want that? Okay. How about the longbow? Long swords? Studded leather armor? Anybody? Um, I'll take a set of studded leather armor, but you can give that to me later. Yeah. Let's get moving now. Yeah, let's get out of here. Okay. As you exit the building, uh, what order do you want to go in? So I can move you. I'll, uh, I'll go first. I'll follow second. Let's see how long this will last. Uh, can I cast um, Mage Armor on myself? It'll last for one hour. You can if you'd like. I will do that. Down to one spell. I'm not going to bother moving all those little NPC tokens right now because they're super pain in the ass to move everything right now. So we're going to assume they're taking up the same areas around Auburn. As you exit the shrine, you can see that this town is fucked. You can see that the whole town is under attack. The bodies lie on the ground everywhere. They're run through by hobgoblin blades and they're left where they fell. Sound of battle can be heard all over the city. Flames can be seen dancing from rooftops in every direction. Even a wolf can be heard howling in the distance among the eerie cries of the wounded and dying. And as you exit and you look around, you hear a hobgoblin call out into your east. For those of you that speak goblin, the hobgoblin points over at you and yells, Look there, survivors. Let's get them. You can see two hobgoblins exiting Nolan's little shack. And we're going to pick it up here next time when you roll for initiative. Oh, no. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Humble Beginnings. We're just getting started on this journey, so please tune back in for more exciting episodes with this new crew on Poor Decisions Network. Thank you for listening to Humble Beginnings on the Poor Decisions Network. This has been our presentation and interpretation of Paizo's Iron Fang Invasion Adventure Path and background music by Sirenscape. Join us next time.